Okay, let's begin. Just to clarify, just to clarify um, a point from yesterday uh, that's very important. And in general, in general, it's very important um, just to clarify this point about, um, I'm mentioning Rabbi Sunshine, what you just said, is that when, when we talk about um, being negative, or we talk about a person trying, uh, being a baltaiva, and we talk about um, a person having anxiety, we talk about all these things, a person having nervousness, person, whatever it might be, taiva, we, we could talk about taiva and negativity. So I was saying, I guess yesterday I was saying how it's good, it's good. So I just want to be clear just to clarify what that means, that it's good. What it means is, is that, is that um, I'm going to say another word that's good, that's, that also we have to explain. Um, I'm going to say it's normal. So what's normal nowadays, right? Nowadays, uh, nothing's normal, right? Uh, right? Calling a boy a boy is not normal anymore. So it's, you can't even explain what, a, what normal is. So let's just, we'll try and break it, break it down um, to, to simplest, more simple terms. And that really means is that it's a natural thing. It's a healthy, natural thing when a person is negative. People are, are built natural to be negative. So if you find yourself being negative, there's nothing wrong with you. It means that you're actually functioning well. Now you could take that function that might be something that's challenging for you and you can deal with it. But you can't deal with something until you live in reality. People try and not live in reality where they say, oh, I love when people say it's all good, it's all good. I don't know if they say it anymore. But it used to be to say it's all good. Most people, no offense to call people out when they say it's all good, it's all good. They're lying. It's not all good. Oh, it's all good. You're upset. It's not all good. Right? People even have this when it comes to, oh, Gamzula Taiva, Gamzula Taiva, Gamzula Taiva, Gamzula Taiva. Of course, a person's supposed to say Gamzula Taiva. Uh, of course, a person's supposed to say everything's from Hashem. But you could also say, you could also say, you know, this is, I had actually, it reminds me, I had this, this very hush of a person once come to my house. Actually, someone who collects money, an older person, must be in his 70s, maybe late 70s, a very, very hush of a person. And I hadn't seen him for a long time. I always liked when he came to my house, he'd give my family brachas. I'd sit with him, he had stories of gedolim that he was close with. And he didn't come one time uh, for a while. And when he came in, he said to me, he says, Oh, Rabbi Fisher, I just want to tell you the last three months. And he's telling me he had an operation and he's this... And he's being like this old man who's like expressing his aches and pains. And it was a great conversation. And then afterwards he says, but I know it's all from the Abishter, with like a lightness to him, with a smile. And I said to myself, that's, he got it. That's what you're supposed to do. He, what did he do? He spent the first half hour talking about his aches and pains. He wasn't in a, in a dimian in, an, in a dream world saying, he could have come in and say, oh, how are you feeling? Oh, 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 feeling great. I'm not feeling great. I'm feeling terrible. But I know that my feeling terrible, right? It's funny, I just had, I just had, a, um, I just had a quick, um, um, what's it called when you type an uh, autocorrect? Is that what it's called? Autocorrect, a type. I was typing, Mamash just happened a few minutes ago. I said, oh, I don't know when I'm gonna talk about it, but it came, came to me now. I was, I was going to, I was writing to someone, I forgot exactly what, the, what I was writing, but I wrote something about, um, okay, that sounds good to me, good. And good auto-corrected to God, right? And then I had to switch it to good. And I was like, I like that, right? Right? Like, uh, like, at the end of the day, right? It's, it's all good. It's all God. It's all, you know, but, but, I'm saying this on purpose. I think the struggle that people have, the struggle that a lot of us have is that it's hard for us to differentiate between my pain and my challenges and what's hurting me and what's not good for me and what's hard for me, blah, blah, blah. And then bringing bringing Hashem into it or saying, you know, it's all okay and not dealing with it. 
saying, being able to make a differentiation to say, I might be negative. I might be a negative person. And when I said yesterday, let's say, that's good. What I meant was, it's okay that you're negative. It means you're normal. It means you're a regular guy. I have tithes. Baruch Hashem, you have tithes. If a person's sick, he doesn't have tithes. You don't have desires when you're sick. Uh, depressed, uh, if you ever look in the DSM, uh, which is the, one of the books for, for the, for the, to diagnose people, Clinical people who are depressed clinically, they don't, have, they don't have physical desires. They're not hungry. They don't want to engage in any intimacy. It's normal if you have tivus. It's good that a person has tivus. Just what? I got to learn how to deal with my tivus. What people usually mix up is they usually mix the two. And it's the same thing with thinking. I think negatively. Okay, accept the fact that I think negatively. And I wanted to say something. I didn't, I didn't mention this so much to you, Rabbi Sarnshan, but it fits with what it is. You know what? The, 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 the Hashem made us that, that, there, that there's a mile sometimes to think negative because negativity sometimes protects us. If I look at someone and I judge someone, it means I'm protecting myself sometimes from that person, right? I don't want to get near that person. It's okay. It's okay, it's, it's part of having boundaries. Just the question is when it's too, when you're too negative. Anything that's extreme is what's dangerous. So I just want to, was that good? Did I explain it better, a little better this time? Okay, so with that in mind, um, well, I could get question and comments on that. Thank you, who's sure this from you? Who brought this from me? Thank you. Please, question, comments, let's, let's open it up um, on what I just said, if you want. And then we, we could start with the next step um, of your uh, brain. We've been talking about your mind and the power of your brain and the, the strength of your brain. As, um, what, what's that quote? If, if, if for every, if you can go through anything, if you have the right how, how's it go? then you can, the why, then you can handle any how, which means you can handle anything if your brain is in the right place. If your focus is in the right place of what your goals are, which we're gonna talk about today, I wanna to talk more specific um, about um, goals and dreams and, and how important that is to keep the main thing the main thing and to keep clarity of what it is that you want, yes? Yeah, please. Yes. Right, great. That's beautiful. Great question. Great segue. Right? When I say reality, right, and, and many of you have heard this from me before, is that my mother, it's not my mother, I'm just giving an example, but my mother, right, doesn't get me. Okay? My mother, when I call her on the phone, let's say somebody would say that or has that situation. When I call my mother on the phone, she just talks about herself. She doesn't know how to ask me how I'm doing. That's a reality. That's what happens. When I call my mother, when I call my father, um, uh, whatever it might be, right? My roommate uh, turns on the light at three o'clock in the morning. And when he comes in, even if I'm sleeping, he, he goes ahead and he does. That's, that's, that's a fact. That's a fact. Now, what do I do with that fact is the question. Therefore, what's the therefore? What's the therefore? Where we get into trouble is when we live in the therefore. The therefore is not the reality, right? A cat is going to meow. To expect the cat to bark is living on the moon because cats will meow. They're not going to bark. So what happens is when I call my mother and I want her to bark and she meows, why am I surprised? Because I'm not living in reality. I want my mother to be a dog. I mean, I know I'm switching the metaphor and everything, but I want my mother to be a dog, but she's really a cat. That's the problem. So when I mix up the two, 
That's when people are like, wait, but this is what I'm expecting from this person. This is the way it should be. This is the way it's supposed to be. That's someone who's not living in reality. For example, that's the example I give. I, 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 give. I just gave it. I spoke to one of the, some, uh, some guys in their, in their room. We were schmoozing about this. Is that um, I said this before and he actually, I'm not going to say his name because this is more public. But the person gave me permission to say, and I, I said this, I think, the other day, right? The guy's nervous flying on an airplane. You know what? I hope you're nervous flying on an airplane. That's healthy and normal. Now, if you fly all the time, so you get less nervous. If you're a pilot, you probably get less nervous over time, whatever it might be. But it's very appropriate. Maybe that's a better word. It's very appropriate when you're going to an airport and some things, if you're going to get nervous. Now, what do people do? What do they do, right? They're going to hit their, their, their vape or their pen or their whatever they're going to do. Why? Because I don't want to be nervous. But there's nothing wrong with being nervous. It's very appropriate to be nervous. A guy, I've said this many times, I'll get to you in a second, Yehuda, right? And, and to Simcha. This happens many times. I go to a party, I go to a place, and I want to be... Yo, hey, everyone, ah, yeah, all right, awesome, yeah, I'm the man, you're the man, we're the man, we're all good, it's all good. But I can't do that because I actually get anxious, I actually get nervous. That's beautiful. That's the way it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to walk in a room and be walking around like you're, you know, in my day we would say John Travolta. Maybe now Tom Cruise, I don't know who Leonardo, I don't know who the actors, I know Tom Cruise just made a a movie again, but in my day, it was a shtickle Tom Cruise back then, it was John Travolta, right? Staying alive, the Bee Gees, you're a cool cat. Who's like that? Who's like that? I got a pimple on my head, I don't like the way I look, I'm very nervous, right? This and that, so instead, what do I got to do? So fill me up and let me do whatever I got to do. Oh, I got to connect to Shabbos. And then you have the guys who got to connect to Shabbos. So they got to drink to connect to Shabbos. Okay, Stam. The Svarim talk about having a little shot, whatever it is. We're not talking about that. I got to connect. In order for me to connect, I got to do this. In order for me to calm down, I got to do this. I got to do that. What about that it's hard for me to fall asleep? Maybe I have insomnia. Why don't I understand what type of people have insomnia? Why don't I look up what, what, what it means to have insomnia. What does that come with? Why? Where? Who? How? Maybe I can actually learn something about myself. Maybe I actually learn something about myself. Um, yeah, Yehuda. Okay, so going back to the, the mother that Yes. I want to know, what, <laughs> what, do you do with, what do you do with that desire to have your mother work? Mm. Beautiful. That's great. So, so, so you said Yehuda. So you said the, um, you said the, uh, um, you said that. How do I? How do I change my want? What did you say? What did you say? Meaning, how do I? Ah, uh, Yaakov. How do I? What do I do? It's right here, Yaakov. Right here. We got. We we got it warmed up for you, Yaakov. That what? I know I'm good. That Yaakov Samuel's in the house. So yeah, I know I'm good. Thank you, Yaakov. Sorry, it's your fault, not my fault. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, you. I'm sorry. I just want to know what to do with that. Right. That A great question. What's wrong? So let's talk this out. We could talk about it. We all have those things. What's wrong with the fact that I want it? The problem is we want to change it. Who says I have to change it? Maybe I have to be a little bit uncomfortable. That's what I'm trying to say. Maybe it's got to hurt me. It's got to bother me a little bit. Exactly. It's okay. The fact that I want my mother, you know, we're just using, oh wow, hush of a guest over here, right? It's okay, it's okay, let's talk this out, let's talk it out. Beautiful Yehuda, well, let's talk it out. It's okay that I wish that my mother, or I wish that my father, I wish somebody would give me something different than they're giving me. What's wrong with that? What, why is there anything wrong with having that wish? The problem is, I think, Yehuda, what we do is, is we say, okay, I just heard in Sheer that, that my mother, I have to learn to accept the fact that my mother acts a certain way. I have to learn to accept the fact that my father acts a certain way. Okay, I got it. So now, what do I do with the lack or the hole inside of me that wants that? Who says I have to do anything with that? Maybe I got to realize that I have a hole and maybe... 
it's hard. And I wish my mother, or I wish my father, or I wish I had this certain love that maybe I needed or maybe whatever it is. And that's okay. That's okay that I wish that things were a little bit better and they're not so good. So what do you do with that hole though? You're just going to end up filling it with other things. Well, why do I have to fill it with other things if it's okay that I have a hole? Why can't I feel bad? Why can't I sit in the fact that it's a little bit hard for me? You were, never, you were never hot and you wish it was colder. You were never cold. See, our generation's a little bit like that, right? So you what? Let's say I can't. You never had a situation where you can't do anything about it? What? Then it stinks, exactly. You wish. And you know what? There's nothing, you, there's nothing wrong. So there's nothing wrong with wishing that things were great and things were better. Then you could start with that. Start with that. You could start with that point. You don't necessarily have to fix it. I think what people, what people don't, they, they make this mistake is that I'm supposed to feel awesome all the time. I'm supposed to feel complete all the time. I'm supposed to feel connected all the time. I'm supposed to, you know, like I say, you know, uh, getting out of your head. It's much, much harder to get out of your head. Nobody sleeps late because it's hard to get out of bed. It's not hard to get out of bed. All you got to do is put your feet on the ground. It's not hard to get out of your bed. If you're tired, your physical body sometimes might, you might have to schlep it out. But that's not what anybody usually has trouble. The reason we pull the covers back over our head is because it's hard to get out of our head and our thoughts drive us bananas. And that hole inside of us that I wish my mother... Now, I want to tell you something about what Yehuda's saying. If you're 10 years old, maybe you could do something about it. Let me ask you a question, Yehuda. And it's a great question, I want to say. Yehuda, it's a great question. What does a person do if their parent died? They don't have their parents anymore. The parent passed away and they still have that hole that they never got when they were a child from their parents. So what are you going to do? What, are you going to go to, the, go to the cemetery? That's not going to do it for you. So what are you going to do? I don't know. That's a great question. You know what? It's the reason I'm saying that is that what are you going to do if you're not seven years old anymore? I wanted my mother to tuck me in. I wanted my father to hold my hand. I wanted my brother to be more loving. I wanted my teacher dot, dot, dot. And there's empathy and you could go to trauma therapy and you got to take care of stuff. But you're never going to have your mommy back. You're not going to have your daddy back. If I were talking to third graders, I would never say what I'm saying right now. I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't tell any third grader that get over it. I wouldn't tell you guys to get over it either. I'm not telling anyone to get over it. But the reality is, is that if I didn't get what I needed to get from my mother, if I didn't get what I needed to get from my father, if I didn't get it from my family, that's a fact. That's not gonna change. That's not gonna change. What happens is we spend our whole energy, our mental energy, our emotional energy, fighting that we want the cat to bark. We want the cat. And every time we walk, you know, cats are a very good example, especially in this yeshiva and especially in Israel, to give those examples. Every time I walk by the dumpster, right, I want the cats to bark. So that's very frustrating. If every time you walk by the cat, you're like, is he going to bark? And he doesn't bark. And he meows. And you're like, ah. And people their whole life, there she goes again. Right? What's the statement? What's the, what's the, what's the line? Menachem, do me a favor. Run on my stender over there. Right? Just lift up the gray. It's from Rabrafi. Read it out loud. Please, you'll see it. Under the gray. Just read what's under the gray. I think it's still there. Is there a sticker there? If you told a child, this is one of my favorite lines, that's why it's on my stender. If you told a child a thousand times, and then we're going to translate this, go. And many of you know this already. If you told a child a thousand times, and the child still not learned, and wait, 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 and the child still did not learn. So you told your child a thousand times, son, 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 and the child still did not learn. What am I going to say, Yehuda? It's not the child who's the slow learner. 
I love that. Why do I love that? Because forget about parent and child. Thank you, Menachem. Shkoyach Menachem. If, Shkoyach Menachem. If, I, if I'm expecting my father to be something that my father is not. He, you didn't just wake up today and he's your father. He's been your father since, since day one. You expect your mother, for crying out loud, you've been with your mother since, since before you existed. You've been in your mother's womb. Suddenly your mother at 18 years old, Oy, Vezmir, my mom, how come she can't get it right? Where have you been your whole life? She's not the problem. You're the slow learner. You can't figure it out. You get now, is it painful like Yehuda's saying? Of course it's painful. But you know what's more painful? You know what's more painful? What's more painful is when you go, it's not supposed to be like this. It's not supposed to be like this. I'm in the wrong town. The cat is supposed to bark. Why is the cat not barking? The cat is supposed to bark. And you can sit there and just walk around. The cat is supposed to bark. The cat is supposed to bark. And you'll be stark about it. And you'll say, but cats bark. But cat- I've had this sometimes. But mothers are, are nice and friendly and warm and caring. Really? Really? But let's say your mother is not nice, warm, friendly, and caring. So she's not a mother? Thank you, Yehuda Weinstein. Thank you, Yehuda Weinstein. Yeah? Good. Josh. Yes, please. Loud, 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 loud. I'll tell you why I love what Josh, what Josh just said. Not just because he gave me a shout-out. That also felt good that you gave me a shout-out. I'll tell you what I like about it. And I said this before, and I keep on saying it, and I hope to continue saying it. You want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Which means, yes, yes, and yes. My parents got divorced when I was three years old, let's say. My, my house was a house of, of craziness. And I'll say even better. I'll say even better. My house was a beautiful, perfect house. And my parents had a great relationship. And we have a beautiful, beautiful family. But something with me, because of my personality, just didn't click right. And I didn't get the love language. We could talk about that. The proper love language. I didn't get something. Something just didn't hit me right. Hashem made me the type of person that I'm oversensitive, I'm not sensitive enough, whatever you want to call it. So like Josh is saying, the problem a lot of times is we're fighting that reality as opposed to saying, like Josh says, maybe I didn't get what I needed to get when I was a child. Maybe I have, you know, there's something called complex trauma. There's trauma and there's complex trauma. I'll just say it, push it, and this is why I'm talking about the complex trauma. Trauma is, and again, I haven't read so much about this, so I'm going to say push it, shot. I'm not going so much be in with this, but, but, but it works very, very logically. Real trauma is somebody witnessed, God forbid, a death. Uh, he was bullied uh, severely. He was beaten. Uh, Rachmanus, he was molested. He was abused physically, verbally, straight out trauma, nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about. That's called trauma. Complex trauma, that's trauma. And many people have that. Many, many people go through that. And it affects a person very, very, especially when you're a little kid and your family, whatever it is, it has a very heavy um, effect on a person. I, th- I think a heavier effect on a person, nowadays they talk about it, they call it complex trauma. You know what complex trauma is? Complex trauma is, were you molested? Nope. Did someone abuse you? I don't think not really. Were you beaten down? Not so much. Um, did your father, you know, was he crazily crazy to you? Not really. I mean, sometimes maybe he punished me, sometimes this. How about your mom? Yeah. So wait, so I didn't really go through anything so crazy. 
So why am I so traumatized? Why can't I get my act together? Why do I love, you know, drugs so much? Why do I love alcohol? Why do I love watching crazy stuff? Why am I addicted to video games? Why am I, whatever, whatever you might have, which everybody has everything nowadays. It's rampant. Nothing happened to me. That's called complex trauma. But people don't realize that in a certain way, that's even harder than regular trauma. Because regular trauma, you could pin it and say, oh, right? When I was growing up, right? Rabbi Weinberger can, can uh, uh, relate to this as well. He's older. He for sure can relate to this, right? Trauma. You think I'd have the chutzpah to, to talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, uh, maybe I don't feel so safe and secure, right? I grew up all around me were Holocaust survivors. Talk about trauma. They were in the concentration camps. They were in the concentration camps. But me, and I remember this. I remember this moment. I don't know if I ever shared this with you, Rabbi Weinberger. I remember this moment. I was sitting for the first time I went to therapy when I was in my 20s. I don't remember exactly how old I was. And I remember talking to my therapist and saying, do you know what? The fact that things are difficult for me, things are difficult for me. And I didn't go through the Holocaust. And things are difficult for me. And I didn't have total crazy trauma but things are difficult for me, felt, I felt like a burden come off of me because it was almost like I wasn't allowed to, to be um, uh, insecure. I wasn't allowed to feel pain. I wasn't allowed to complain about anything because nothing severe happened to me. And I remember that moment that sort of like, it lifted off of me to say, whoa, that's not the way it works nowadays, especially nowadays. Nowadays, we're so sensitive. Nowadays, there's so much um, complexity in relationships and what people need. And then you watch movies and you're missing from this person and this person, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into just wanting to have, you know, your father. And it could be it's a generational thing. I'm not even sure. We'll see by your generation what's going to be. I have no idea. I don't know what the next generation, what they're going to produce. But maybe there was a disconnect. We didn't, we didn't grow up with hugs and kisses and I love you. I love you. You're the best. You're awesome. You go, eh. No, Rabbi Weinberger, what, yeah? No way. No way. No way. Nowadays, you don't hug somebody, you don't tell them you love them, they could go into jail for that. For the, that's abuse. And you know what? It's good. It's good that people need to say I love you. And it's good that people need to give hugs. It's very good. Nowadays, unfortunately, you know, what comes with that is crazier stuff. It's more complex, crazier stuff. Okay, yeah, who else? Yes, Rafael. Back to the dog. Uh, yeah, the dog, yeah. You, you've heard that from me yeah, hundreds of times. Right, but I'm trying to understand. Mm -hmm. I understand when you're in the state of facing the reality, so you have to know that the cat does not bark. Mm -hmm. But... It doesn't mean that like there are cases where like you go to family therapy and you you do manage to change the situation and maybe you could change. A hundred percent, a million percent. No, a million, a million, a million percent. The the danger of that is who am I? Am I trying to make a cat into a dog? Am I trying to transfer? Am I trying to have my cat bark? Or well, maybe sometimes it's not changing the cat into a dog. It's just exactly. Bringing new realizations. 100%. A million and 10%. Yes, Rafil, what Rafil is doing is he's saying, Rabbi Fisher, why are you assuming that the cat will never bark? Right? Right? That's what you're saying. Why are you assuming that the case is closed? I agree with you. I'd rather assume the case is closed and be pleasantly surprised when my mother, and I'm not talking about my mother, I'm just giving an example, when my mother calls me up and asks me how my day went. Then, then hoping that my mother's going to call and ask me how my day went. Which means, yes, if I really need that, there's nothing wrong with saying, Mom, you know, you never asked me how my day goes. Could you please ask me how my day went? There's nothing wrong with doing that. But a lot of times, you know, if you're dealing with a certain type of person, it's not going to change. If you can't change at whatever age you are, how hard is it to change when you're 18, 19, 20, 25? So you're going to change. You're going to start changing your parents. 
There's nothing wrong, like Raphil is saying, having family, family therapy, opening a dialogue. But the hardest thing to do is to have expectations that someone's going to change for me. Do I need to change to be more open? Maybe I could do that. But yes, very good point. Yes, Daniel and then yeah, Judah. You can't change other people. And right. You can't just focus on trying to change other people, but what you could focus on is changing yourself, how you feel, and how you react to all that. Exactly. 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 Beautiful, Daniel. Correct. Correct. There's no way, Daniel, beautifully said. There's no way, and, 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 and Rafael, you are right in that I could, I could learn maybe to express something to someone but the question is what is my goal when i'm trying to express something is it because i need to express it and it's good for me to express it or i hope that now that i'm expressing it i'm going to get the hug that i want that's dangerous that's dangerous because if you're waiting for that you could be waiting your whole life and you have to figure out what's what's going on inside as, as i've said many times when it comes to hurt and forgiveness right it's the old line that I've said many, many, many times, right? When you're hurt and you don't want to let someone off the hook, don't, I'm not letting him off the hook, what he did to me. It's not about letting the guy off the hook. It's about taking the hook out of your heart. So it's not about the guy apologizing to me. And I've said that many times. It's not about the person apologizing to you. You know why? Because the person could be dead. You could have a third grade Rebbe that you have no idea where he is, where he lives, if he's alive and what he's doing. But he hurt me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to call him up. What am I going to do? Call him up and have a deep DMC with him and bond over a beer and he's going to cry on my shoulder and tell me he's so sorry for what he did to me? I don't even know where he lived. No, it him. So where's my pain? I'm holding my pain. I'm holding my pain. And like Daniel's saying, I got to take the hook out of my heart. I got to figure it out. Now Yehuda was asking, what do you do? Okay, you might have to do a lot of different stuff. Whether it's therapy, whatever you got to do. It's not the point. The point is living in that reality of this is what was. This is what happened. And how do I deal with this lack that I have? The problem that, that, that occurs to most of us is because we have the anxiety, because we have the hole, because we have this, this dark thing inside of us then what we do is we react and we do things that don't help us. That's the problem. Anyone who is, who, who, who is, you know, who smokes, you know, weed consistently, anyone who watches, uh, you know, pornography consistently for a long time, anybody who drinks alcohol on a consistent basis, anybody who is escaping for sleeping a lot, everybody has different escapes. Everyone has different escapes. If that's what you're doing, you're doing it for one reason. You're doing that because you are hurting and there's pain and you don't want to feel the pain. And it's okay that you don't want to feel the pain. It's okay that you don't want to feel the pain. But you will never, ever, ever heal your pain as long as you're not feeling your pain. If you're trying to resist, I think, I think even psychologically, you can look this up, I think they say that when a person fights physical pain, the pain gets worse. As opposed to saying, breathing through it, connecting to it, whatever that means. But it makes sense. When you go in the pain, slowly, and it's not something that people think, oh, in order for me to heal, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta face this big monster one day, I gotta break down, I gotta fall apart and, and, and deal with it. That's not the way it works. You deal with it little by little. You deal with it a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. But as long as I'm dealing, the problem that our culture has is that it's very easy for us to escape. Very, 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 very easy for us to escape. The easiest thing in the world is you just, all you got to do is just, you know, how many times, I'm sure everyone has this because I've had this myself. How many times you're waiting for someone in a restaurant? How many times you're waiting for someone somewhere? How many times you find yourself alone? What do you do? What's the normal thing to do when you're alone? There you go, you have your, you have your third arm. Now that's cute, it's beautiful. That's the life we live. But what's wrong with being alone and feeling weird and feeling uncomfortable? What's wrong with that? Why can't I sit alone? I had this, when did I have this recently? Where did I have it? I had a meeting somewhere, I think it was over the summer, and we were gonna meet in a cafe, 
this, and I got there early, and I'm sitting at the table, and I'm like, Fisher, you've spoken about this. Don't pick up your phone. You've spoken about this. Sit. I don't know how long it lasted that I sat there without my phone for like 10, 15 seconds. I don't think it was that long, right? Thank you. I'll take the clap on that one. Thank you. I'll take that one. But I remember, I can just tell you, and it was hard for me. I'm being honest. Why? Because... I'm sitting alone. Wait, wait, does that mean I don't have friends? Does that mean that someone stood me up? You know, there are a million things that a person can say. But for some reason, it's difficult to sit there and to be uncomfortable. It's difficult to sit there and to be uncomfortable. And that's okay. That's okay. But it's good. And this is maybe what I was saying yesterday. I'm going to say this. It's good to be uncomfortable. It's healthy to be uncomfortable. Believe it or not, talk to these two soldiers. Talk to Josh Samet and you talk to Yitzi Shapiro. These are two guys who've been in yeshiva for many years. They've been in the army. One of the greatest things, right? I'm talking like a big soldier over here. But, but I'm going to tell you something. One of, one of the greatest things that they will talk about and reminisce about their whole lives are not when they had a sunny day and they had enough water. If you're going to ask them about the army, they're not going to tell you the days of the Hevra, right? Rafi was also in the army, right? Anyone who is a soldier who is with people, you don't talk about the days that, oh, it was great. Yeah, we woke up. I was freshly uh, slept fresh. Everything was great. What do you think about when you think about the army, Josh? You think about H-E-L-L. That's what you think about. You think about when it was raining and it was freezing and when you didn't sleep for three days straight. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Why are you thinking about that? You know what? You know why? Because that's life. That's life. That's grit. That's ugh. Now I'm alive. You're not alive when things are going well. You're alive when things are not going well and you're, and you're pushing through it and you're shrugging through it and it's difficult and it's ouch, it hurts. Ah, you know people who cut themselves or people who do that all the time. Why? Because they want to feel, they want to feel. When you feel it, you're alive. I feel it. I feel it. I feel the pain. Now obviously, people got to deal with the pain the way they got to deal with the pain. Judah, you had a question, yeah. yeah um, we're talking about Right. Right, right, right. That's well, okay, that okay, I mean that's already I mean that's already comes into like, you know, delusional, you know, if somebody is just trying to I don't know how many people I don't know so many people like that. I think that I think that people are, I think that people are are afraid to just say, you know, you know, second grade was hard for me because I, I uh you know, I didn't do so well in class. Like, you're embarrassed to say, oh, you mean no one bullied you or no one beat you up or no one, like, we're afraid to say, like, I needed love from my brother that I never got. And, like, that was very hurtful and painful for me because my mother's great and my father's great, but, like, but, like, I just never got what I thought I needed. People are more embarrassed to say that. It's much easier to say, oh, the reason I'm going through what I'm going through is because I was... You know, molested. I was beaten on a daily basis, whatever it might be. I think that's the point. But does, it, does it, every small detail like matter years ahead? Like, I'm saying, like, let's say my friend, when I was in first grade, right, um, fell on my Lego set. Right. Like, should it affect me when I'm 19 years old? So good, so beautiful, Judah. Beautiful. That's the point. There's a guilt that. There's a guilt that, that someone's going to have exactly what Judah is, is referring to. I'm going to feel guilty 
the fact that I'm, that I'm 19 years old now and, and, and I had a best friend in, in second grade who, who, who threw my Lego thing across the room and he never spoke to me and, and I still feel that a little bit. What's wrong with me? The guy, my roommate, was, uh, doesn't have a father. My, my roommate uh, had real trauma. No, no. That was, that was traumatic for me. That was traumatic for me. The fact that, that, my, uh, that I liked this girl. I had a crush on a girl. Uh, and she ended up uh, dating my best friend. And, 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 and that was so hard for me. Oh, you're such a baby. That, that's what we think. No. No. And in a certain way, we were talking about complex trauma versus real trauma. And in a certain way, Judah, that trauma might be even more... That's why it's called complex. It's more complex. Good? Judah Corey, welcome, welcome to Yeshiva. I like it. Awesome. I love it. And you know what? I'm a big talker. I'm a big talker. All right? I have this. I have, I have, imagine when you get older and you get more established. So what am I going to, what am I, I going to say? It bothers me. It bothered me if, right, uh, when someone... You know, are, they, are you sure that, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, you know, uh, uh, for myself, you know, uh, I don't really have it so much here, Bliain Hara, like I'm more, uh, you know, I had this when I, I did the, the Coach Menachem podcast. I remember I was nervous the night before, afterwards I wanted to hear feedback and there was a part of me that was like upset at myself, like... You, you, what do you mean? I thought you're like Mr. Secure. You're Mr. Confident. Like you were actually nervous to go on a podcast. Like, and then afterwards, what, you're curious to hear from the people how it went? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit insecure and I want people to like me and I want people to like what I'm saying and uh, it feels good when people like what I'm saying. Like, sorry, I'm like, I'm called, uh, I'm human. I'm human. And the more human we can become, and we could not become. Stupid. That was wrong. The more human we can, we can um, live in reality that we're humans. And we get hurt. And, and we're insecure. And we're sensitive. Uh, from Simcha Rabbah has his hand up. I'm stopping in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So everybody's like, I'm too big for that. That didn't bother me. It's like, guess what? It's gonna keep on bothering you until you own that it bothered you. Until you own it, you can't you can't leave it. So it's like so ironic that we're afraid to own our humanness. But if we can be a human being, then we can transcend and be malachim or whatever after a human being. Well, first, you have to be human. So. I love it. 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 Yaakov, you had your hand up. Uh, I was going to say something about like, the cat, or I don't know. I was just going to say, like, just, like, you were basically saying that, like, if you, you know, keep on walking by the cat, expecting it to bark, and he's basically saying, like, don't say it's a closed case, you know, you can go to therapy and everything. Correct. But I was going to say, it's not really the point of, like, like changing the cat to bark, it's realizing that it's never going to bark, and it's just like, what are you going to do about it? Are you do something about it, or, or it's, not, it's not saying, oh, closed case, it's just, once you know it's not going to bark, you could at least, you know, go from there, not just being like, let's change the bark, you know, like, you didn't really get the full picture of that. If you, Understanding, you know. Beautiful, beautiful. Go ahead, Yaakov. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Hundred percent. Yeah. Just one Nissan. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbi was talking about um, like like the, the good parts of life that we're working hard. The what? The what? The good parts. The parts we we enjoy is when we work hard. Right. I was wondering. It's not zero at all. But right. Rabbi also responded about how it's also important, um, like not to work hard against ourselves, and to just talk about that a little bit. But that, that, that what that that. I mean, like we're saying, like oh, it's, it, it feels like we feel great when we when we're like soldiers are up three days in a row and it's crazy and everything's like super hard. But on the other hand, it's it's very fortunate, you know. Like like I guess we use a little bit of dialect of of um, it's very important, like something we have to Okay, I think I understand what you're saying, and we'll wrap up with this. Um, I think that, Nisana will tell me if this is what you're saying a little bit, 
I think that when a person learns um, that, that you're going to have bad days, you're going to have bad moments, you're going to have tough times, uh, things are going to be a little difficult, you're going you're to have anxiety, you're going to have nervousness, whatever it might be, it's part of life. So you're not so much focused on like things have to be like amazing things have to be great like like i'm more focused on the job that i have to do what's my responsibility i'm focused on different things when a person's focused on feelings i have to feel a certain way as opposed to these are the things that i want to do that are important which was really what i thought we were going to talk about today but it goes to show that uh you know, it's not this, it obviously was not what I was going to talk about today, is that I think what people, people try and, myself included, I think it's one of the, the most incredible lines from, from a book that everyone has to read besides the Nathaniel Brandon Six Pillars of Self-Esteem that I would say everyone, you got, it's a must read. Another must read is The Road Less Traveled. And, and Scott Peck says over there, one of the most profound lines, in my opinion, that changed my life. And he starts off the book. And I'll never forget when I read this. I was like, oh my gosh. He's like, life is difficult. Life is difficult. I think the problem that people have is that they're trying to make life easy. Now, now if my goal in life is that life should be easy, life should be uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 incredible, that's, that's very dangerous. When a person says life is going to be challenging, life is going to be difficult, what I got to try and do is I got to figure out what do I want in my life. Do I want to become uh, financially better? Do I want to become more ruchnius? Do I want to start waking up earlier? Do I want to start being less insecure? Do I want to do X, Y, and Z? When your focus is less on how you feel and it's more on what you do, and I'll tell you why that includes feeling. Are you going to therapy? Are you in therapy? Someone says, oh, I want to start feeling better about myself. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. What are you doing to help you feel better? Are you reading books? I have spoken about this many times. I want to be happy. How many books have you read about happiness? That's an action. I want to be more calm. Did you ever do any yoga, any meditation? How are you living your life? I want to be more connected to Judaism. I want to know Shabbos. What do you know about Shabbos? Have you learned anything about Shabbos? I want to do whatever it might be, whatever it might be that, you're, that you want out of life. Instead of waiting to feel a certain way about it, what are you doing about it? What are you, the actions that you're doing about it? And I think that when you focus on that, as opposed to feeling that I'm supposed to have, what's considered having a great day? What does it mean to have a great day? I'm supposed to wake up in the morning and what? And have two little birds chirping by my window, whispering in my ear, saying, oh, you look so handsome even when you wake up in the morning and I'm supposed to dance into the bathroom and the water is gonna be perfectly temperature and I'm gonna look in the mirror and I'm gonna look so good looking and then I'm gonna put on the clothing and I'm gonna just be like, you know, right? That's, that's what we want because we've watched so many movies and we've, you know, escaped into a non-reality. And people think when they get married, the same thing's gonna happen. That's where Shalom bias happens, right? I'm gonna come home and my wife is going to be there, right? I mean, there's more of a Shalom bias type of, you know, my wife, of course, what do you mean? She's gonna be there for me, A to Z, food, uh, uh, you know, emotional. What do you mean? I saw it in the, I, I saw that movie. I fell in love with that, with that, that, those movie characters. I fell in love with something. So of course my wife, and the second you, you know, your, your wife acts a certain way or something happens, there's a problem. No, there is actually absolutely no problem. You're actually right on target. Just you have this, this, brainwash and you have this dimion 
That's, that's not, you're not living in reality. Correct. 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 And it takes time. And you know what you got to do? You got to chazer. Why do we do this every day? Why do we do this every day? Point. Didn't we get the point already? You know why we have to do this every day? Because, because we have to remind ourselves of what reality is. We have to remind ourselves because we grew up in a society and we're exposed to a society that they say everything the exact opposite of what I'm saying. The exact opposite. Because everything is built around feeling comfortable. Everything's built around everything being perfect. Everything's built around, right? You guys know this more than I, I'm not in the whole social media world of, of seeing someone whose life is perfect. Yeah, I'm living the perfect life. Everyone's taking pictures and sending the perfect life. So why is everybody getting divorced? So why is everybody doing drugs? So why is everybody overdosing? America, the American dream, and have seven cars, and all the money. So why is America the place where people overdose the most? Why are people so depressed? Why, why, the, the, data, the data and the reality don't mix. You know why? You know why? Because it's not reality. It's not true. It's a lie. It's a full, it's a flat lie when you're seeing the guy. Oh, See that guy with his wife at the pool, with the car, with the that? Oh, gosh. Why is my wife, you know, in a bad mood? And his wife is smiling and looking so beautiful. Oh, oh, no. His wife is never in a bad mood. They have the best relationship. That's why they're getting divorced next week, and he's doing coke. What? Seems like a healthy relationship. Seems like a healthy relationship. Go watch a movie. And it seems, that's a great, that's a great, you know what? If I could speak to anyone in Hollywood, right? That would be a great uh, movie, a movie title. Seems like a great relationship. Seems like a great relationship. I got to get money for that? What? I might get money for that. Well, first, I got to get the money for that. Hashem should help us all. Hashem should, yes, Judah, I really want to wrap up. Can we save it? Hashem should help us all. Let us continue to, to, to try and live in reality. That's all we can do. To try and live to what's the truth. And you know what I said? I, we used to do Masil Jasharm in the morning. There, there are a lot of benefits to doing it in the morning. But, but I'm, I'm beginning to like it this time for one reason. Because I realize that your day begins now. And if you begin your Wednesday at 6.40 p.m. on Tuesday, you're in good shape. You're in good shape. When you wake up in the morning and you start your day at 10 o'clock, at 9 o'clock, at 8 o'clock, you didn't start your day at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I always say this guy, I didn't wake up, I couldn't wake up, the alarm up. What are you talking about? When you go to sleep, and everybody knows this, when you go to sleep, you know if you're waking up tomorrow morning. You know when you're going to sleep, what time it is, how you're going to sleep, what you're doing the next day. So how you spend 6.40 till the rest of the evening will affect 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Have a wonderful rest of the first day of the rest of your life. Thank you.